All right, if you take your Bible tonight, let's turn to Joshua chapter number 5. Joshua chapter number 5. Joshua 5, and I want to begin just by reading verse number 1. We'll read some more verses here in a little bit. But this is after they've gone and passed over Jordan. They've set up the memorial that the Lord told them to set up. And uh, uh, they are in the land at this point. We see in verse number 1 it says, And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. So we see here when the heathen nations of Canaan heard about the powerful manner in which the Lord brought his children over uh, Jordan, they were totally demoralized. And it might appear that this would have been a perfect time for Joshua to lead the people forward into an attack. And be in attack mode right then and there because you got the people where you, where you want them at. However, we're going to see here that instead of commanding his people to go forward into battle, the Lord commanded them to remain at Gilgal and to do several things that on the surface might seem kind of strange to us. You know, sometimes the Lord's ways, um, not our ways, many times that's, that's true. Uh, it might even appear the things that they were required to do put them at risk before their enemies. And while the Lord sometimes may appear uh, strange to us, Isaiah reminds us that His ways are above our ways. Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And so we need to understand that. Um, the Lord never gets in a hurry. Uh, he has the liberty to take His time and do things on His schedule because He is sovereign. He's Lord over time. <laughs> Amen. He doesn't get in a hurry like we do. And while the things that happen in this chapter appear strange against the backdrop of an impending battle, the truth of the matter is the Lord is simply preparing His army to fight. That's what we're going to see here. The Lord is preparing His army to fight. Understand that God's battles are spiritual battles. If we expect to fight in these battles and do well, we must make the right kind of spiritual preparations. And we're going to see them doing that in this lesson tonight and also uh, we'll be uh, continuing on. We're, not, we're only get about, going to get about halfway through uh, tonight and then we'll pick up when I get back in town and we'll uh, do, do the last half of this. But um, we know that uh, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 and 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So if we expect to fight in these battles and do well, we must make the right kind of spiritual preparations as well. Now the Lord was preparing His people, Israel here, for the battle that was ahead. And make no mistake about it, it was kind of uh, overwhelming to, to take a look at when we uh, finally get to Jericho and understand uh, the fortification that is there and uh, the type of people that are, are there. 
And you might think, boy, that, that just seems like it's uh, not possible. Well, with God, all things are possible. And uh, that's the way that Jericho was defeated. Uh, but the Lord wants us to uh, prepare for the battles that we face. We all have battles to fight. And if we expect to overcome and achieve the victory, then we must learn to fight uh, after making the right kind of spiritual preparations. Amen. We must prepare spiritually first. Israel appeared to be ready for battle. I mean, think about it. They possessed a large army. And they faced an enemy that we just read in verse 1. That's terrified. <laughs> They've heard what God has done. And uh, they're shaking in their boots. And that, that's right where you want them. Uh, however, the Lord knew that they would never be ready to fight and win in the battle until proper spiritual preparations had been made. And that is what this passage is all about. The lessons that are taught here can help prepare us for victory in our walk with the Lord as well. Now let's read verses 2 through 7 here. Verses 2 through 7. We see, we see them renewing their covenant with the Lord here. Verses 2 through 7. It says, At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of, of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. We know that to be the case, don't we? Remember, they the ones that refused to go over into the land. And so the Lord said, well, you're not going to go in there. Your children are going to go in there. And so they all died in the wilderness. Now, verse 5. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. I want to pause here for just a minute. Uh, I don't understand why Moses allowed this to happen. You remember it's recorded in Scripture that um, Moses' wife, Zipporah, remember, she got on to him because... Uh, uh, his own children weren't circumcised and uh, they had this covenant Abrahamic covenant that clearly uh, they were supposed to be circumcised and, and the circumcision was also in the law as well but yet you got the children of Israel uh, walking 40 years look at verse 6 for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord swear that he would not show them the land, which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children, whom he raised up in their stead, uh, them Joshua circumcised, and, the, and they were uncircumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And so the first command here that the Lord gave Israel is that all the men were to be circumcised. Now it would, it, it would seem that all the men who came out of Egypt were um, circumcised according to the demands of Abrahamic covenant. I mean, this, this was before the law that they were supposed to be circumcised. This was under the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, 
It was a sign that was given to Abraham and to the children of Israel. The, the men who were born during the 40 years of wilderness wandering had not been circumcised, so the Lord calls for all the men to be circumcised. And they had to renew the covenant with the Lord if they wanted his blessings. I mean, the, the covenant blessings came through obedience. And, and if they wanted victory, which they didn't want to get all the way there to where they were at and be defeated. If they wanted victory, they had to be obedient to the Lord. And so the lesson is, uh, for us is simple. Uh, it's this, we must remove from our lives anything that stands between us and total surrender to the Lord. And, you know, the Bible is clear that there are times when we must engage in spiritual surgery in our lives. So some things we need to cut out. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And then the next nine verses after that, in that same chapter, tell us that you, know, you need to put some things off in your life. And there's some things you need to put on in your life. So there's some things that we need to sever from our lives if we're going to be successful in the Lord's work. This principle is vital to being victorious in our walk with God. We can't uh, walk in victory if we hang on to uh, the things uh, associated with sin in our past. Second uh, uh, Corinthians 6 in verse number 17 says, Wherefore come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So the principle is vital to being victorious in our walk with God. God wants us to be separated from uh, what we were before. Uh, now, to the Jew, understand that circumcision was a reminder that they were a marked people. It was, uh, they were to never forget that they were the servants of the living God and that they were under obligation to obey Him in all things. And circumcision was an outward reminder of an inward work of faith. A uh, good example of that is uh, the words from Deuteronomy 10, 16, when the Lord says, Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. <laughs> you know, um, the outward circumcision of the flesh was one thing. Inward circumcision of the, of the heart uh, where they would listen to God and be obedient to God, that was a, t a totally different thing. Now, as believers, uh, the parallel in our life would be, look, you know, the Lord expects us to live like we're saved. If you're a Christian, you're a believer, the Lord expects you to live like a believer ought to live. Walk the way a believer should walk. Y'all ought to walk in the old ways anymore. Anything that's displeasing to the Lord needs to be removed from our lives. Again, we put off the old man and we put on the new man. There are many who have failed to live out the covenant they made with the Lord when he saved them. I mean, you know, when, when we got saved, uh, we knew that we were turned away from our old life, turned to the Lord. Well, that mean, didn't mean that you turn right back to the old life again. You know, you're supposed to be going toward the Lord. And... So we need to renew that covenant and get back in fellowship with the Lord and serve Him like we know that we should. So we see them renewing their covenant with the Lord. Now, look at verse number 8 here. 
uh, says, And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. Now, uh, remember Israel was encamped at this point in enemy territory. The Lord let them go ahead and cross over before he did the circumcision thing. Now, we, in our thoughts and minds, we would have done it before we ever crossed over, right? But again, the Lord's ways are not our ways. But uh, after they had been circumcised, every male in the camp of Israel was temporarily disabled and rendered unable to fight until they healed up. And it took great faith for them to submit to that rite of circumcision. They knew they were going to be disabled. They knew that they're in enemy territory. And so they had to trust God that God was going to protect them. And they did. They had to be willing to trust the Lord to protect them until they healed. It was the first test of fate. And they were literally sitting ducks for the enemy. However, their faith was the secret to their success. These men had learned the valuable lesson that their battles would not be won by military might or superior battlefield tactics. Would that our country would learn that? Um, you know, we've kind of gotten the big head over the years. That you know, we got so much military might, we just think we can walk in and, and win anything. And uh, things seem like things have gone well for us in a, in a long time in that area. And uh, they knew here that if they ever saw victory, it would be because God gave it to them. And theirs would be a victory based wholly in faith. Now, as we move through this life, we're going to face times of testing just like these men of Israel did. I mean, think about it. They had just come through a great vic time of victory. When you got... When you got the Jordan River in flood stage, and, you're and the Lord tells you what to do, and you're, you're obedient to that, and everything worked out fine the way that the Lord said, uh, you know, when the, the feet touched the water, the water parted, they walked in there, it followed the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, guys stopped in the middle like they were supposed to, everybody went around them, and they got to the other side, they did the memorial like the Lord told them to, all of that was obedience to the word of the Lord. And things went well, didn't it? I mean, they, nobody drowned. They walked through on dry ground. And uh, uh, the Lord got the glory out of that. It was, it was a great victory. And, you know, uh, they just came through that, uh, that great victory. And often when you do that, pride will set in. And it'll rise up in us and we'll think that we're unstoppable. Well, yeah, man, we walked through the Jordan. Let's go, let's go take on these Jericho folks, these Amorites. Let's go, let's go give them what, the what for. But they weren't ready. When the, those times have, uh, come in our lives, we can be sure that the Lord will allow us to go through a time of testing as well. Now, when we go through times of testing, we must uh, make sure that we have our faith in the Lord. And not in ourselves. Amen. It isn't enough to be clean spiritually. We also must be walking in faith before the Lord. The Lord wants a walk of faith. And when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, we see the people that were blessed. 
Hebrews 11 is the Hall of Faith chapter. All the way back to the beginning, those that walked in faith, walked by faith, those were the ones that pleased God and those were the ones that the Lord showed Himself mighty on their behalf. And we need to remember that our God can and will take care of us as His children as we trust in Him. But we've got to trust Him. We've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, this spiritual truth is really taught over and over again in the Word of God. When we aren't able to take care of ourselves, our God is more than able. Aren't you glad? God is able. There are many instances where faith in a great God paid amazing dividends. And again, I refer to Hebrews uh, 11. We know that Noah was protected in the ark while the rest of humanity perished. How did that happen? Because he believed God. He, he, God said, I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to wipe out all of humanity. Uh, and I want you to build an ark. And I want you to take you and your family in there. And he told him to take uh, what, what uh, he was supposed to do. Gave him the detailed instructions. And what did uh, Noah do? Well, he followed what the Lord told him to do. And things went well. You know, he... He survived. He and his family survived. But the rest of humanity perished. The firstborn of Israel. These folks here uh, that are now at Jericho. But, uh, the, their, their moms and dads. Uh, uh, were Some of these uh, were probably the firstborn that survived out of Egypt. Remember the, the, um, uh, the death angel coming? And... Uh, the, the sacrifice that was supposed to be made, the Passover, Passover lamb killed, apply the blood. They, it was sp very specific what they were supposed to do. And if they did, if they were obedient to what the Lord told them to do, death angel would pass over and there wouldn't be any death in the house. Well, they did that. The Egyptians did not. Death all throughout Egypt, but it was only in the Egyptian houses. The firstborn of Israel were spared while the Egyptian children died. And some of these people, some of the ones that are experiencing this going over into the land, they were children that came out of, out of at that time. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know we're familiar with them in the book of Daniel. They were spared from the fire. Um, why? Because they uh, had determined... Um, doesn't matter. You can cast us into fire, but we're not going to bend. You know, we know that God can deliver us, but if not, we're still not going to bend. You know, and God spared them. Daniel was spared from the hungry lions and the lions' den. We could go on and on talking tonight about the the ones that live their lives by faith. But understand this evening that the Lord can take care of us during the difficult times of life as well. These are not just nice stories in the Bible. These are examples of what God can do if you'll trust Him, if you'll believe Him. And He's still God and He's still able to do all that we need if we trust Him. But we're going to drive up a peg there um, we're, because I had to split this somewhere. There was no way in the world to get it all done at one time and they want to keep you um, keep you an excessive amount of time but that's our Bible study for this evening 
And we'll come back and take a look at um, verses 9 through the end of the chapter. Uh, we're going to see that the Lord has rolled off the reproach of Egypt from the, the, from the, the, um, the children of Israel. They're going to keep the Passover again. And uh, we're going to see that they had been used to eating manna. Well, the manna ceases. You know, as they begin to, they're in the land now. And they, they come in the land and there's, uh, the, there's the things that they can eat it that are in the land. And they ate of the, the old corn in the land and uh, the manna ceased. And we're going to see some other things there. Uh, uh, I, the angel of the Lord shows up. Uh, captain of the Lord of hosts, I should say. And uh, same difference. But anyway, we'll, we're going to see, see that and be uh, um, as we wrap up that, that last bit there. All right, let's pull out our prayer list. We'll pray for the needs and we'll be dismissed with this prayer. Appreciate you being here.